0: I want to talk to you about Psalm chapter eight. It's one of my favorite chapters of the Book of Psalm. It has a statement in there that caught my attention. Now, this is a, this is a different, this is a different kind of a message tonight, no doubt about it. I'm a little bit more tied to the notes than I normally am because of the complexity of what I'm going to say, and I want to make sure I get it right. And so, may the Lord come and bless. Uh, Let's have a word of prayer. Father, do you please come? Uh, Lord God, speak through thy word. We believe your word. We believe there's nothing comes void from your word. It accomplishes that which is sent forth to do. May tonight glorify and honor your name. Help those folks tonight with the flu and they're sick, with colds and various things, and other more serious people that are having some issues like Faye Johnson and things that, some other folks that are really serious, more serious issues. Help them to trust you all the way home and through the trouble they're having. In Jesus' name, amen. And verse 4, says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? What is man that thou art mindful of him? That's a good question. I want to dwell on that. There's only five times in the Bible that that phrase is found, but it is found five times. What is man that thou art... Mindful of him, the son of man, thou visitest him. I believe it's kind of saying, can you believe this? Can you believe man receives the attention he receives? I mean, I think it's kind of like saying, isn't this amazing that man, of all the creatures God has made, of all the things God has made, of the universe God has made, that man has such a high position? I think it's saying, isn't this phenomenal, the the attention that man has received from God? Uh, How can this be? What is man? I mean, it's a question, posed as a question. What is man? That thou art mindful of him. The son of man that thou visitest him. Why why does God, why why does he love us so? I believe that the psalmist is saying this in a sense of amazement because the truth is man is insignificant in comparison to all of God's creation. We're just small and insignificant. Uh, Years ago, I flew over the city of Chicago and I flew from one end to the other over the city of Chicago. First of all, flying at about 200 miles an hour, which is what a jet, probably the lowest speed a, a big old passenger jet can go. I couldn't believe how big Chicago was. How it just went after mile, after mile, after mile, after mile, after mile, after mile. I don't know if other big cities are that laid out. But Chicago is just laid out, laid out over a, just a massive. My mother was born in 56th in Englewood in 1920 in Chicago. And that was a very nice neighborhood back then. Now it's, it's, of course, completely shot. Blackstone Ranger territory. They warn you when you go in there that you're violating their territory and you're under their rule. Our cities have been in chaos for at least 45, 50 years. This is nothing new. They're not controlled by law and order. Our inner cities are not controlled by law and order. At night, they're controlled by the gangs, and maybe during the day, they have somewhat of a law and order. I've often said if they'd make me in charge of cleaning up the inner cities, I could do it. We could do it. We'd, we'd do what they do in the military, door to door. We'd go door to door, and we'd root out the criminals, and we'd make our cities where you could walk in them at night, uh, where a woman could feel safe for walking in at night again. And, and you don't have to let this go on the way it is, but I don't know that powers that be have have uh, broken their promises and and not done the job they have supposed to do to protect the people. They're not doing it. And whatever it is, it's sin as the basis of all that. We know that. But flying over Chicago, and I saw how just vast Chicago is. I was thinking I was in my teens when that happened. I was probably 19 years old. I just couldn't believe how how many people there were and how small they looked. I would look down out of the window of the plane and we were in a, uh, I don't know whether they call that, a holding pattern, I think they call it. And I mean, cars just look like little little fire ants. You could see the little headlights on some of the cars and look like little fire ants. And I thought, how insignificant we are. How insignificant, how small we are to God. Think about it. I mean, have you ever... I'm, the Bible says to observe the ant, and I'm, I'm interested in observing the ant. In Florida, we have a real wonderful ant called the fire ant, imported, by the way. We have the thing called the fire ant, and the fire ant is an industrious little devil. And I mean, each ant has one sting. Every ant carries with him one bullet. That's all, just one bullet. And when you, when you violate their little thing called their mound, they all come out of the mound, screaming to each other, attack! And they go up your leg, but they all talk to each other. Don't sting yet. Don't sting yet. Go higher. 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 No, no, not yet. Higher. They all communicate to each I know they communicate to each other. Can you turn these lights down? You guys are blinding me. But, uh, or my cataracts are getting bad <laughs> probably both but anyways uh well that's better uh, yes i thought glory was coming or i thought it was me or them but so that fire ants i don't know if you have you ever been experienced this but the fire ants will get about this high that high up under your pants before they all yell to each other Sting him! and they all And it's like it passes down through them and they all start stinging and you start doing what they call the Baptist fire ant dance. And right, I don't care where you're at, you take your clothes off to get those fire ants out from under your pants, or your dress. You don't care where you're at. You're going to just take your clothes off, drop your pants, clean them off because they're going to eat you for lunch. I know honeybees. I kept honeybees. I had four hives of honeybees and honeybees all communicate to each other. They don't all sting at the same. They'll, they all if they feel violated somehow they can they can tell the whole hive and the whole hive will almost seems like the worker bees will come out and try to sting you, uh, you know. You smoke them, so you give them a little Winston Marlboro, and, uh, and you smoke them and they or you sugar them, spray them with sugar. And they they get oh anybody giving a milkshake won't want to fight you know they want to eat, drink so you spray them with sugar they'll lick their wings and not spend time being mad at you but otherwise they'll all say hey let's kill that one that's coming up here to bother us it's amazing let me tell you we're if you look at nature we're really not significant we're not I mean I look at those I think of those I think of those fire ants and I think that one fire ant is he important? Is he important? Or she's important? One fire ant. But God made every one of them. God designed every one of them. He gave every one of them one sting. He gave them the, their brain. It can't be too big. But it's to be able to communicate with each other and do complex building. They're complex builders and gatherers. If you observe an ant, it's phenomenal, phenomenal, the way they make channels, the way they birth, the way they protect their young, the way they heat their young. The eggs are heated at a certain temperature. That's why there's a mound, That's a birthing station. And, I mean, it just gets into, it just goes more complex the more you look at it and you say, man, our God is a great God. Why would you pay attention to us? What is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that thou visitest him? What are, what are we? out of 7 plus billion people in the world. By the way, that 7 plus billion people, he says, I think he said 7.7 billion in your sermon the other night. Uh that is an innumerable host. You uh, you can't count 7 you can't count a billion. It's uh, just too much to count. It's just, you know, it's not it's just uh, I can't put my I put my mind I can't put my mind around the population of New York City. Was it, 8 million, 9 million, 10 million, 13 million? The population of L.A. The population of Atlanta. Atlanta's going crazy. And I don't even like to go by Atlanta anymore. I go like 200 miles around Atlanta trying to get away from that place. I mean, it's like fire ass went crazy. I can't imagine that many people. Put it, you know, together. It's just past me. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Well, I dwell upon that. The psalmist dwell upon it a little bit. The man is the most sinful and wicked of all the, crea- the creation of God. Now, I realize that there's Satan, and he's bad, and he was created by God. But before the world was created, I'm talking about at the creation of the world with the creation of Adam and Eve, of all that from that point on, man is the most wicked, vile, harmful, dangerous creature on the planet. It is because of man that beautiful cardinals are eaten by wicked cats. It is because of man that an agile, harmless rabbit is torn to pieces by a dog. Is because a man that once beautiful and agile person becomes a cripple, agonizing wreck of a person as they grow old. It's because a man that pain permeates the world like a cloud. Man is like a roving marauder, a killer, a maimer who's entered into the peaceful and tranquil universe of God. And wherever we go, we pollute and destroy and maim and damage the things that God has made. Florida, let's take it as an example. Florida, without man, functioned for millenniums, for millenniums. Water was where it was supposed to be. The back bay, I talked to people in the 30s, 1930s, that fished the back bay. It was top to bottom, crystal clear, visible. In the back bay, it was sea garden. Behind a sterile bay, behind all that was sea garden, like in the Keys, there were grouper, lobster, just what you find in the Keys was right behind a sterile bay. You people that have fished, no, know, know that's a mud hole now. All the runoff from all this fertilizer and all these houses that we build around here have now just, just destroyed what once God made beautiful. And isn't that really the way it goes? Now you're now you can't even swim. This once beautiful, pristine place called Fort Myers Beach, and all that water out of Sanibel, and you can't even swim in it. Because of the flesh-eating bacteria and because of MRSA and because of all the junk. We, wherever we go, we pollute and harm and destroy the beautiful things. Now, I am not a tree hugger. I am not working for PETA. I am not, I am not an environmentalist, but I am somewhat of an environmentalist. But it's sad to me, having lived, I live on twenty I live 10 miles inland, and look at that beautiful inland of Florida, how they want they wanted for 12 years, they wanted to put mines in there and go 100 feet deep and take all the aggregate out and destroy the aquifers back in there. And we went to the county commissioners and fought that and begged them not to let that happen. And won, by the way. We beat six specific minds that wanted to come in there and mine. It would have, it would look like moonscape in the middle of floor. They would come in here, take everything, make all the money, and then when the place got polluted and the water was undrinkable, they just moved somewhere else. What is man? Well, it's sure not good. It's sure not good. It's because of man that a baby will die a crib death. It's because of man there will be deep, comfortless sobs coming from young girls who've been molested. It's because of man that weeds grow better than vegetables. Boy, I say amen to that. I'll tell you, if God made made, uh, something you could eat grow as good as a weed, we would end hunger in the world. It is because of man that insects eat more fruit than humans eat. If you don't believe that, plant an orange tree. It's because of man that mosquitoes are so efficient. No matter how much we spray, no matter how much we work to kill them, if you don't spray or you just let up on any of that, uh, they will come in and own you. I used to fish Okeechobee, and they didn't spray Okeechobee because of for environmental reasons. They wouldn't spray for mosquitoes in Okeechobee. And it was if you somehow didn't get off the lake before dark, and it got dark on you or right at dusk on you, the mosquitoes would be two feet thick. Of a cloud, a cloud of two feet thick mosquitoes. You could hear them and you could feel them. I've fished, I've fished up in the mangroves, and if you happen to fish for snook around the mangroves, we used to fish New Pass, catch an unbelievable amount of snook at New Pass, and and we'd be fishing out there. And if somehow you got caught up and you didn't pay attention, it got evening on you, and it got just before dark. There was a thing called no seam, a real technical name. No seam would come out. And the no seams were so thick, it would be like that same thing—a foot and a half, two foot. A cl- where you're not—you're not supposed to be able to see them, but it'd be like a foot or two foot of no seams around you. To where my brother and I, we just threw our poles in the water and dove in. I mean, forget everything, just dive in. It's because of man that that kind of stuff's around. It's because of man that mosquitoes are around. It's because of man there's termites. It's because of man, there's drugs and alcohol and devastated families and crippled homes tonight. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. God commanded nothingness to be light and it obeyed. God commanded uh, nothingness to separate from light and it obeyed. God commanded waters to separate from each other above and below and they obeyed. God commanded the land to come out of the waters and it obeyed. God commanded the plants to grow from the land and they obeyed. And God commanded the sun, the moon and stars to appear and function as, and they obeyed. God commanded the gobbler turkeys to appear as they, as they appear and to gobble a certain time of year and they obeyed and they still obey. God commanded the elk, the deer, the cow, the pig to appear as they appear and to do go through what they go through to reproduce and they obeyed. God commanded the dust to mix with the water and form a man, and it obeyed. God commanded flesh to part and rib to leave and form a woman, and it obeyed. Up to this point, at creation, everything had obeyed. Everything God said was obedient and did what it was supposed to do. All things obeyed. Angels, when they were told, went and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, they obeyed. Angels went and visited Abraham and told to visit Abraham, and they obeyed. The rod of Moses to become was commanded to become a snake, and it obeyed. The snake was to become a rod after a while, and it obeyed. The clean hand was to become, Moses' clean hand was to become leprous if he put it in his coat, and it obeyed. The water was to become blood when it was commanded to, and it obeyed. The frogs were to go up on dry land and die, and they obeyed. The lice in the, uh, to, were to group and infest the land of Egypt, and it obeyed. The flies obeyed. The cattle disease obeyed. The boils obey, obeyed. The hail obeyed. The locusts obeyed. The darkness obeyed. The firstborn dying obeyed. All that God made has obeyed him. But man. waters of the Red Sea defied gravity and stood at attention beside the crossing of the children of Israel, and they obeyed. The angel of the Lord stood guard over the camp by day as a cloud and flame by night, and he obeyed. The ravens brought the first carry-out dinner to Elijah, and they obeyed. The widow's pot of oil multiplied, and her grain multiplied, and it obeyed. Jesus commanded the wind to cease, it froze in obedience. When Jesus commanded the water to hold his weight on it so he could walk on it, it held his weight and obeyed. When Jesus said the rocks would cry out if, if they didn't praise him and say, Hosanna, he said he readied the, the, the rocks readied themselves to cry out Hosanna if the people didn't obey him on the triumphal entry. Uh, Jesus commanded the bread to multiply and feed 4,000 and 5, 000, and it obeyed and the fish to multiply and obey the fever to cool on uh, Peter's mother-in-law and it obeyed the blind deformed eyes to reform and give sight and they obeyed Jesus commanded the crooked bones of a cripple to straighten and they obeyed the shaking puzzled, uh, puzzled hands of of a, of a, somebody has something wrong with them of a uh, paralytic That was a big word for me, to stand up and be straight, and it obeyed. The mumbling tongue of a mute that had never uttered a word, he commanded to speak, and it obeyed. God commanded the lions and Daniel to shut their mouths and to wait for their breakfast, and they obeyed. He commanded the fire to surround the three Hebrew boys, not even give the smell of smoke on them, and it obeyed. He commanded the decay and stench of death to flee and life to fragrance to return to Lazarus, and it obeyed. commanded the angels to hold off killing the entire Roman legion when they were hitting Jesus, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and the angels obeyed. God commanded the demons to leave a possessed man. Jesus commanded the demons to leave a possessed man. Every time they obeyed and begged for mercy. The devil, he commanded the devil not to harm Job's body. He could do everything but take his life. And even the devil himself obeyed God, but not man. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. Only one creator in this world has not. Only one creature in this world has not obeyed and not submitted to the the creator's will, and that's man. Why does God pay attention to man? There's only one thing possible. God loves us. He loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only his only sweet sinless son so that they could be saved there's a song called the love of God many of you have heard it over and over again for a while songs in in the church kind of have a moment of where they shine and everybody sings them and then they kind of fade out for a while and then they'll come back. The words of this song, so powerful, the love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure in saints, and angels. song, that's the chorus. I looked it up as possible, as fact-checked it as much as I knew to do and the last verse of this song is purported, was found on the wall of a prison Insane asylum, actually, not just any old prison. Insane asylum. And here's the words that, as far as anything I've been able to check out, were on the wall of this insane asylum. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies a parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe betrayed? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Now, brother, those are some wild words. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us and I can say that again, what manner of love hath God bestowed upon us? One of the hardest things for me as a born-again Christian is to put my mind around that God loves me. For 51-plus years, it's been amazing to me that my wife loves me, and, I, and sometimes she don't talk like she loves me. But nevertheless, most of the time, love is not oochie-goochie, na-na-na, Love is a commitment. Oh, that's good preaching. Love is a decision. You make to stick with somebody for death do till death do you part or murder. People that get married for the Uchi coochie and the lovey-wovey and dovey, and that's all fine. That's all part of marriage. That's all wonderful. But if that's what holding that thing together, it will not hold together. You want to know why 6 out of 10 marriages fail? They get married on phileo on love. They get married on what you do for me. You scratch my back. I scratch your back. What you can do for me and what I can do for you. But, brother, agape love does not expect something back. It gives without expecting back. For God so loved us. That was not Phileo love. He wasn't, He didn't have a warm feeling for us. Oh, he, he knew that if without Him, we would be lost forever in a place called hell, which was never made for man. The Bible says it was made for the devil and his angels. What manner of love that the Father bestowed upon us. That we should be called, we born-again believers in this room tonight, should be called the sons of God, children of God. Wow. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Verse 2 of 1 John 3 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. (laughs) Well, I'm glad for that. I'm glad for that. I look in the mirror and say, "This cannot be what I'm going to appear like." Please, not yet appear what we shall be, but when we when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Oh, to be like Him! Oh, to be like Him! Precious Redeemer, good as Thou art, I don't know what the words are past that, but I just make them up. I'm by myself. I can just make the words up. Amen. Oh, I love that song though. First John, Job chapter seven, verse seventeen. We see what is man that thou shouldest magnify him? In Job fifteen, fourteen, it says what is man that thou that he should be clean? In Psalm one forty four three, it says Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him? In Psalm eight four, it says what is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that thou visitest him? God made man for dignity and a place of honor. He made him to have rule over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and the things that move through the sea and everything out there that's made and created, the whole thing he created was for man. The Garden of Eden and all that, it was for man. And man chose the devil over God. Chose to believe that God was a liar and the devil was telling him the truth. Think about what happened in the garden. He believed Satan was telling the truth and God was lying. And all that had to be taken away from him for a while. Christ had to come before the foundation of the world. You know, where I looked up the word anthropology. It's a big word. We call it the study of man, anthropology. But you know what the word that literally means? It means one who looks up. Of all the creatures that God made, Man has an image of God. We have the volitional will of God. We have the ability to appreciate and worship God in spirit and in truth. We love, we know we exist, we make moral decisions. We have anger like God, we can have regret like God, we have reasoning. In an image of God, we have hate. We have creativity. We're supposed to hate evil, by the way. We have creativity. God made man to do- have dominion over the whole earth. God made angels to serve man. It says in uh, Hebrews chapter one, verse fourteen. I believe it is. Are not they all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? And then there should be heirs of salvation. There just there are angels aren't even though they're even though the Bible says they are superior to us in strength. wouldn't take a whole lot to be superior in mind. But even though they're superior to us, he's made them our servants. I believe you have angels that are looking out for you. You old people got lots of stories where you believe somehow or another God by an angel or some sort of miraculous way saved you on a near miss or a close. I've had the bullet go by, fell that creased me, And felt like, whoa, that was a close one. And God saved me again and 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 saved me again. And will save me all the way home. To wake up in his likeness. What is man? God especially loves you tonight. He magnifies you. He honors you, he knows you, he especially saves you. God himself came down to suffer terribly to rescue you. And the question I pose, will you not obey him? After all that God has done for us, even though we deserve hell and deserve repulsion, repulsive, being repulsed away from God, we deserve To be hated by God, really, we deserve to be totally insignificant in his creation. Yet what is man that thou art mindful in the son of man that thou visitest him? And what manner of love hath he bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? Tonight, God offers you mercy. He offered you mercy yesterday. He offered you mercy the day before. And his mercy, the Bible says, is what he's known by. It's his reputation. It's from the everlasting to everlasting is the mercy of Almighty God. How big is God? We can't imagine. God's taking care of you. You don't have to go to bed in fear. You don't have to go to bed biting your nails. Say whatever. What you, what you can say is whatever happens in the will of God, though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. Job 13, 15. I'm just going to trust him all the way home. Who knows what, lie, what, what, lay, what lay ahead for you? Don't know. But I'm not worried about it. Amen? I'm not worried about it. I'm trusting God all the way home. May the Lord help us. Insignificant man, disobedient man, yet God has cared for us and David's son for us so we could be saved. Man. With all these things going for you, serve God. Put him as number one, like I said this morning. Put him above everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Matthew chapter, I believe that's Matthew chapter 6. 63, I think. And he'll just add to other stuff. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. People have tried to argue away the desire thing. I don't know. I don't know. I got no bucket list left. I've tried to delight myself in the Lord since I'm 18 years old, and literally he's given me everything I ever dreamt about and more than I've imagined. He let me see the Grand Canyon. I never imagined I'd ever get to see that. Just if you want to say stupid little stuff like that. He's let me motorcycle ride for 10 years without an accident. That's a miracle. Let me scuba dive for 35 years on vacation and see the things that are under the water and what he's made under the water and save me from... There's people who won't go in the water afraid of sharks eating. I say, man, I did 35 years of vacation every 5,000 plus hours under the water and I still got all my fingers and toes. And it's not because of my skill, but it's because the mercy of God follows you if you'll delight in him. He'll show you his mercy. May Father help us tonight. May may we just trust you one day at a time, every day. Thank you for having us to be significant. Thank you for making us important in your eyes. Thank you for caring about us. Pray tonight we'd we'd reciprocate with obedience and trust and love and throwing everything we got on, on the table and being all in. In Jesus' name.